Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. Hello everyone, you're listening to Audio Bookish. My name is Fahed Rahman and I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And this is the second in our series of specials reviewing the books on the shortlist for the Week Junior Book Awards, their audiobook shortlist. And today we will be reviewing uh, Wolfbane by Michelle Paver, as read by Ian McKellen, and Ellie and the Cat by Mallory Blackman, as read by Esme Sears. Um, so we're going to be covering Wolfbane first. Poppy, do you want to read out the blurb for that one? Yes. So, Wolfbane by Michelle Paver, read by Ian McKellen. The grand finale to the prize-winning adventure series that has changed the lives of millions. Breathtaking world-building on an epic scale, pure escapism at its best. It is early spring a turbulent, perilous time of sudden storms, frozen river fractures, and drifting ice. Fleeing from a demon intent on devouring his souls, Wolf is swept out to sea far from the forest and his pack. The ocean, too, teems with danger, sea wolves, sharks, and hunters of the deep, and the demon is gaining ground. Torak and Wren must race to save their pack brother, battling the harsh, icy waves and merciless torrents. If they can't find Wolf in time, the bond between them will be severed forever. Run wild with Wolf Brother for the last time in a Stone Age world we all want to be part of. Great. So I think I'll start off with my like initial yeah, impressions of this. So firstly, Ian McKellen's voice is just like bliss. Mm-hmm. His, his yeah, voice is yeah. so wonderful to listen to. His performance isn't without flaws, but uh, we'll kind of get to that later on. Um, because this is the last book in kind of quite a long Mm. ongoing saga yeah i did find it quite initially quite confusing Mm -hmm. to follow and i felt like i was missing out quite a lot but you do kind of get to understand what's going on you need to have a little bit patience i think after maybe the first 40 minutes you kind of get a feel for what's happening in the world and relationships between Mm. the characters and there is because they're kind of fantasy names like torak ren wolf Mm. finn kedlin and nagin sometimes 
it, it can be a bit confusing to kind of understand what who's that person and mm-hmm. um, kind who's of animals, who's humans. Yeah, who's animals, <laughs> yeah. who's humans, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think overall, like the world building and the research that's gone into it, I think is really great. It's not um, mm-hmm. it's a series that I've seen on like library shelves, but I've never picked up, and I kind of like regret that now. Right, um, because yeah. it does seem like to be kind of a, quite a um, quite a good series. What were your kind of impressions? Yeah, so I've also seen it around and I was intrigued by it. I can't remember why, but I know I bought the first one a while ago and I tried to listen to it, I think on train journeys. This is when I was doing a lot of traveling by train and I just couldn't get into it, but I wanted to because, yeah, it seems to tick all the things that I'd love. Yeah, Ian McKellen, fantastic actor, great voice, perfect for being an audiobook narrator and, yeah, fantasy really engaging series, got animals in there, lots of lore um, kind of thing and really wanted to enjoy it but just for some reason didn't get into that first one and then was listening to this and for the start of it similarly wasn't really into it not helped as you say by the fact that I didn't really know what was going on there was some stuff that I remembered from the very beginning book um of kind of the setup that relationship uh, with wolf but didn't really know it and then it hit a certain point in this one where I got really into it and I got really invested and I really enjoyed it and then the whole remainder of the book I really enjoyed and so I think I will go back to that first one that I bought and probably go back and listen to the rest of them Um, and I'm really glad that this has meant that I got into it even though you maybe aren't supposed to get into it by the last um, what four hours of the final book in the series Um, Uh, but yeah. I think that's kind of quite an interesting thing kind of like joining a series halfway through so mm. um kind of just like this little slide story my mate Atik he got into his favorite kind of like fantasy one of his favorite fantasy series which is uh by Robin Hobb by reading oh yeah like one of the last books in the third maybe the second trilogy right like the cover of any kind of had to go back all the way back to the beginning and kind of like to understand mm-hmm. right how did that character get into the position that he was in like that um yeah circumstance it, it, it is a way but it can be a little bit confusing um, yes at the start but I think it is probably worth the worth the effort with this one yeah exactly so I think I probably still would recommend that you you know go from the start but then again going from the end hasn't harmed me and it's not done the kind of thing where obviously some stories and certainly some genres if you go to the end first, it then kind of spoils the rest of it, right? And I was yeah. a bit worried for that. I was a bit like, okay, well, I'll listen to this one and I'll definitely never go listen to that first one again because I'll know the end and I'll not feel like it. But actually, no, it made me like the world more and really want to go and visit it. And like yeah. you say, want to go and find out, well, where did these characters come from? How did these relationships change and develop? And and we also start this one, I think, already at quite a, a height of danger. Yeah. So we're already straight in with that at the start of this book. So yeah, kind of finding out, okay, well, how did we get there? What happened there? What is this this danger that kind of we know how it's resolved now? But uh, but yeah, so however way you want to do it, that's fine. And also, yeah, if you've engaged with this series through reading the books, then maybe switch it up. Maybe the last one you're going to listen to Ian reading it to you. So yeah. 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 I mean, and probably the other thing, I mean, for fans of the series, I think this does seem like quite a satisfying conclusion Fair. to mm-hmm. the story, but as people coming new to it, it, it did feel occasionally like we were missing out some of the nuances and complexities between mm. the relationship between the various characters. And there, you could tell the way that Ian performed certain lines that they were of quite high significance, but that was kind of like mm. missed on me. So yes, yeah, so it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And like you say, yeah, I think 
conclusion wise liked it obviously we're going to try and not spoil um one thing i don't want to spoil and and won't dwell on too much but do want to flag is there is an instance of suggesting someone's disability is taken away from them in the afterlife which is a very common thing in literature and a very problematic thing as well so wanted to flag that because it is important to note that that's problematic that it's far too prevalent and especially in kids literature as well where you know it's young people reading it and the most potentially perceptive to then take on these views for the rest of their life but yeah Yeah. there's plenty other people and kind of disabled creators online that explain the nuances as to why that's not the nice happy resolution you might think it is kind of yeah. thing um yeah. so yeah wanting to flag that cool um just wanted to discuss ian's performance what did you mm. think of ian's performance yeah i thought it was wonderful you know you can tell that he's you know a classically trained actor and that he's fabulous and has a wonderful voice and puts a lot of passion into it and really good different characters you know they weren't necessarily the different voices that certain people can do whether you know completely change their voice but each character had a different, you know, element to their voice. You know, they were still identifiable and it felt true to who they were and stuff like that, that I thought was really good. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was interesting how we'll, we'll get onto this as well, but there's uh, some bonus content at the end of it and him saying that his intention was that the listeners would hear the words off the page and that as little as possible would they be filtered through him. So he was kind of hoping to add as little of himself to it as possible and more just kind of, yeah, lifting those words off the page to go into your ears. And I thought that was interesting that that was his take. And I think, obviously, as he acknowledges, inherently, he's always going to add something to it. Um, But I think what he adds to it is just a kind of, like, atmospheric voice without adding too much extra. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was was kind of fascinating kind of the decisions different performers make when mm. inter because it's still an interpretation of course of yeah, the text, but um, yeah so um him making the decision to try and inter and yeah in the bonus content it's kind of like a conversation between michelle and ian and mm. they kind of talk about the kind of the, the history of him recording the books and and, and mm. stuff like that so that's, that is kind of quite nice i do have yeah. like a couple of niggling mm-hmm. negatives about his performance like, overall i think it was a great performance i do feel like he occasionally struggled with the faster paced scenes i think his voice is generally because he's an older gentleman now i think his Mm -hmm. voice is generally more suited to the slower paced scenes where he's kind of like describing the world in which the adventure kind of Mm. takes place especially kind of the slower paced like hunting scenes where Mm. ren and Torak have kind of maybe arrived at a, a new destination and they're kind of like taking all the different things in about a new tribe or uh, a new scenario they're encountering. I think his voice works especially well there. I think in the, some of the faster paced scenes, I think there was occasional, I don't know, that like breathlessness, but I just felt that there was like a slight struggle there. And I think there was also a little bit of a struggle when there was a lot of dialogue between different characters being exchanged mm. in kind of like quick succession i never lost track of who which character speaking (laughs) to who but you could kind of tell that there was a little bit of not necessarily struggle i just don't think it was necessarily strong as the rest of his performance Mm. yeah fair yeah i mean switching between voices must be incredibly difficult and yeah i guess maybe from what you're saying it sounds like if he'd done a bit of dialogue and then had been able to pause and then redone it and then that had just been cut out that maybe that would have been better yeah. than him trying to do it all in like one take kind of thing yeah um yeah 
so yeah that's that's fair enough um and certainly i think it's what you're saying anyway that it doesn't take away from the overall you know fantasticness of his performance one thing that's very uncommon uh so if people listen to this and think this is always how it works certainly from my experience it is not but about the author being in every single recording session with him while doing the audiobook is quite interesting and i think the kind of discussion that they have as well is sort of interesting to all sorts of like yeah young aspiring actors or aspiring authors and stuff like that and then also the bit where it's just Michelle kind of reading out her sort of acknowledgements page and stuff and it talks about like the historical context that she put into it that you referenced and yeah various stories that I think people will find interesting or if they're real like history buffs then they'll find it cool learning about okay which bits of this were real and which bits of that were made up and and stuff like that uh so yeah I think that's really cool content in there as well and another thing they mentioned, we won't spoil all of the bonus content, I promise, but uh, other things that they discussed that I think is important for us here too is how this book is sort of set in a time of oral storytelling and therefore having this book read to you links with that as well. Like I say, this is not an original thought for me. This is one that they commented on uh, in the thing and that they've had many, many listeners over the years tell them that they think that's great that it's like they're part of one of the clans and they're sitting around the campfire and being told this story by a clan leader. And so, yeah, a reason why this really suits being in audio as well, that kind of immersion part of it too. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. You can just imagine this story being told at a campfire, being told by mm. uh, some respected elder. And I certainly think that that aspect adds to the enjoyment of the book the fact that it does feel like it is being told to you by um a respected elder as um mm-hmm. Ian McKellen is interesting as well and maybe connects with that but the fact that so this hasn't got sound design to it this is um just Ian's narration and um I think that's you know the right call uh I think it's probably the natural call with kind of the age range of the book and whether there's illustrations or stuff like that, I don't think it necessarily screams that it would be a sound design book. However, you could do what Audible have done with Ice Children and you could add a load of sounds to it. You could make it super immersive. You could have, um, you know, running through the forest sounds and stuff like that and you could make it really cinematic. But I do quite like that it hasn't been done. Um, I mean, part of that is probably, you know, when the series started and the state that the audiobook industry was in at that time, they probably wouldn't have thought to do such a cinematic uh, thing part of it or not had the budget to do such a cinematic thing etc etc but i do think for this one it suits and yeah because you do just get narration you get someone telling you this story and i think it sounds really good so there's a couple of tropes i want to discuss that the book has yeah go for it one of them is the kind of the relationship between a wolf character and the protagonist so for Mm. example in game of thrones they've got that and um in the aforementioned robin hobb series they also have that but i think uh, this had kind of a fairly unique spin on it I especially mm. like the way that the wolf character described the world around them mm. yeah and I really liked the kind of animal parts of it and like I liked the um exchanges when they were talking in like wolf speak and how that was kind of like a a bit like a simplified English but more yeah. that it felt like an animalistic kind of English yeah. and that where wolf sees things differently in terms of kind of pack and animal behavior as to what the humans see it as and you could tell that she'd really researched that she even took Ian on a field trip to see some wolves you know like you can tell that it's researched and I really liked it 
it felt true to it, it felt realistic. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with that. Kind of his interpretation of words like the sea as the big wet and stuff like that, mm, I think yes, kind yes, of worked yes. especially well. In fact, actually, a good comparison with that, with you giving that example, is the Nathan W. Pyle uh, Strange Planet web series kind of comic things, where he does a similar kind of thing in that he makes our kind of everyday seem a bit strange to point out how strange our everyday normal things are. And one of the big things about his comics, I don't know if you've seen them, is like changing the words to different things. So like socks are fabric tubes and the world is an orb and a group roll machine is a bus, uh, these kind of things. So yeah, a similar kind of just looking at our things, but seeing them in a different way and naming them a different way. That's really cool. Um, And yeah, there's a new Apple TV series of that that's just started that I'm quite enjoying. So yeah, if you like that from that kind of point of view as well, very, very different kind of of story and entertainment, but uh, has a thing in common. Cool. So uh, let's wrap up discussion of this. I think this was a really, I think it's kind of an excellent audio book in in a lot of ways. I think Mm. Um, how much enjoyment you get out of it will very much depend on whether or not you're a fan of the series. Mm. I enjoyed it as a standalone story, but I've very much got the feeling that I would have enjoyed it a great deal more if I'd read the previous books. But yeah, definitely check it out in any case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think very similar. I could see that had I been with this for the whole series, then the emotional parts would have made me very emotional. You know, as they were, I didn't have quite the same connection to the characters, but I know that if I'd spent a bit more time with them, knew a bit more of their backstory and their relationships, that they would have been really gut wrenching. So yeah, and as I say, it got me really engaged. Even if I hadn't been in the first one, hadn't been early on, it really did grab me. Um, and I think that's testament that it is an engaging uh, setting and story, and um, it's engaging writing and definitely engaging narration. So yeah, a really good audio book, good series. And I will be, yeah, starting again from the start, hopefully getting into it from the start and uh, listen to the rest of them. So, yeah. Cool. So let's discuss the second book that we'll be covering, which is Ellie and the Cats by mm-hmm. Mallory Blackman, as read by Esme Sears. Ellie's bad behavior is driving grandma mad. It's time to teach her a lesson she'll never forget by swapping Ellie's body with Jolly the Cat. There's only one way for Ellie to break grandma's curse and time's running out. Can she change her ways and find some friends to lend a hand? Or will Ellie be trapped as a cat forever? A cautionary tale of brats, cats, and a little bit of magic. Do you want to start off with your kind of initial impressions of this? Sure, yeah. So I enjoyed it. I hadn't read the blurb before I listened. I don't usually, sometimes do. And yeah, from how it looks, I thought it was more going to be that Ellie and the cat were companions and not that they were body swapped and sort of enemies for a bit. But I enjoyed it. I liked the witchiness. I certainly think that this is the kind of book that if it had been out when I was younger, that I would have loved it and I would have been listening to it um, quite a lot. I was really into the Witch Wendy books, particularly the audio books. I listened to those over and over again. I, in fact, after this, I went to go and look for them and couldn't find them digitally, but I know I have the CDs somewhere and we'll definitely be getting those out again. Um, and I loved the Cosmo books, Gwyneth Reese, Cosmo and the Magic Sneeze, named one of our cats after him. So yeah, things that combine cats and magic and witches, I definitely loved when I was younger and could see myself listening to this at the same kind of time. It made me think a bit about Mrs. Pepperpot, which is another audiobook I loved, kind of when you've got 
because she's in a cat body, she's then smaller uh, and engaging with the the human furniture and things like that, um, smaller. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite fun. I don't think it, even then, I don't think it would have been one of my absolute favourites and I don't think it's going to be one of my favourites now, but I think it is fun. It's got some adventure in it, some interesting and quirky characters in it. It's certainly an, an enjoyable story. And then, yeah, with a little bit of a, a lesson slash nice thing that actually she does find friends and she doesn't feel the need to act out so much anymore and things like that. So yeah, what did you think of it? I, um, let's start off with the positives. I think the sound design is really good. I think the Mm. performance by Esme is, I think, perhaps one of the better ones we've listened to in the books that we've listened to so far. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get along with Ellie. Um, <laughs> at all, I thought she was, yeah, as mentioned, is a bit of a brat. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the big no nos in like my house is like wasting food, mm. and anyone throwing food on the floor would be in a serious amount of trouble, and being yeah. turned into a cat would be kind of like the least of it. Just really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the least of it. So it, it was difficult for me to warm to her and to mm-hmm. kind of her predicament because it's kind of like a situation of her own making really so that was you know but it's kind of one of those things in, in children's fiction is you know kind of like classical like roll doll stories that you mm-hmm. know you, you will find children's characters that are kind of like quite naughty and kind of yeah do get their comeuppance and I think that is kind of quite an important lesson for children to learn really so yeah so I think that was kind of my um initial impressions that's um, fair, yeah. It, and there's yeah. sort of less comeuppance in that kind of like punishment way and more a comeuppance in a like, oh, actually, we can all just get on. You know, I can get on with my grandma. I can, you know, uh, all these things c- can happen if if I'm a bit nicer kind of thing as opposed to like scared of punishment sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, and I think there's definitely a lot in there of you listening to it as an adult and very much not as a kid um, that will be informing that. But yeah, and I agree with you that Esme's performance is really good. I really enjoyed that. And then, yeah, it's got subtle sound design, but just kind of some nice stuff put in some interesting places. Yeah. And, you know, you could also... I think you could empathise, or at least, like, I think you could sympathise with the fact that Ellie's disrupted childhood of a dad always moving and a dad not being around to look after her and being pawned off on other people that she doesn't really get on with and not being able to make any stable friends. You could certainly see how that would lead to her acting out and stuff like that. And it was a, a nice story of her finding friendship in others, which was nice. Yes. So, I mean, part of uh, you know, Ellie's central one is just to be spending time with her dad who, who moves around a lot she's kind of foisted upon her grandmother. Ellie is not too happy about it. I think the grandmother kind of is quite keen on having a, a good relationship with Ellie. She's kind of quite patient mm-hmm. um, until kind of like the dinner time. Until she snaps. <laughs> yeah, until she snaps and uses her magic. So there is kind of like some justifications for like Ellie's behavior, but still um, throwing food on the on the floor never really acceptable um at least in, in my house um what did you think of the way Esme performed the characters yeah I thought it was really good I thought she did a really engaging narration I'd certainly listened to audiobooks that she did again I liked how when she was the cat even in Ellie's body there was kind of a purr to the voice yeah, yeah. and that was a nice kind of effect and did make the cat seem quite menacing which is kind of the thing on here. And like I say, not what I expected going into the book, thinking that the cat would be a, a nice companion and instead it's a, a bit of an enemy. So no, I thought that was uh, 
was really, really good. And yeah, different voices for the different, you know, animals and stuff that she encounters throughout it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed Esme's performance as Jolly the Cat, but I also quite enjoyed the various other characters that Esme played, kind of the the mouse friend mm-hmm. that Ellie makes along the way and kind of the, the spider characters. I think she did mm-hmm. kind of quite well in. And again, the subtle sound design choices, I think, worked mm-hmm. quite well just to kind of enhance her performance. Mm-hmm. In terms of kind of like the magic of the world, how you because know, this is another kind of world-building book where there's like magic involved how well do you think kind of the magic was designed and stuff like that well what i thought was interesting about this was the fact that clearly her grandma is very magic right and has a very like magic house and would do a load of magic things however in the book there wasn't actually that much magic there was body swapping and then there was being able to communicate kind of cross species, either like when she was a cat or by listening with your heart, as it said at the end kind yeah. of thing. And there wasn't all the rest of the magic, but it was really hinted at that like, you know, her grandma's some sort of witch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think there will be much more. I think if there were a second book to this, if this becomes a series, then I'd expect way more kind of magical antics um, from a grandma. A grandma seems like a fascinating character. I'm sort yeah. of, yeah, more interested in what on earth is a grandma getting up to? Yes. Like, what potions is she brewing yes. while Ellie's wandering around in her yeah. cat's body or something like that? So yeah, and sort of, yeah, comparing it to those titles that I said about before, yeah. like there was much more magic in those ones and I, and I really enjoy that this one is a a strange one because the magic is almost like the setting for the story rather than actually a big feature in it because it's just the the body swap and i was only talking the other day um with my mum who got our cats a new cat tree and they were jumping about around at this oh it'd be quite good to be in the in a cat body for a day and you know have such like a a american way of saying it but like a jungle gym (laughs) kind of thing just jumping around along the furniture and yeah i really i feel like ellie spent a lot of time worrying about being a cat's body instead of enjoying being in a cat's body cats are incredible you know their uh, their physique is is amazing to do such agile things and stuff like that so yeah i've just been enjoying it a bit more uh, yeah, <laughs> but i can yeah. appreciate her wanting to uh the time pressure obviously is the thing of this story is that yeah. she has to find the ring soon enough otherwise that'll be it forever yeah um, um so yeah yeah so I, yeah, I think that is kind of you get, just to pick up another point I, I would really be fascinated to find more out about the grand yeah, Mother yeah. Kind of see if they're like her and her son went on any adventures and mm, yeah. stuff like that. That'd be kind of like quite interesting. Or her, if her and Eddie do any further kind of stuff since they're going to be like living together and see, you know, if Jolly's going to be interfering mm, at yes. all would be kind of quite interesting to find out. But I mean, it's good. It's like, it's, it's nice when a book kind of leaves you wanting to find out yeah, more sure. and you kind of make up stories in your own head, which I think is mm-hmm. kind of important for a children's. Book. Yeah. And this is obviously, yeah, a writer that I th- believe is used to writing for older readers. Yeah. And so longer form content and with much more kind of time for that world building and character development and um, so yeah you, i think you can tell the skill of her writing for how engaged we both were with the grandma and stuff like that but also yeah maybe tell how yeah she's so well suited to that where you give it a bit more space and you can delve in a bit more but like you say it's kind of nice to be left with more imagination more things that you can uh do more where kids themselves can imagine or write their own stories or whatever about what might uh that grandma be getting up to what has she already been up to um how come she ended up with jolly um those kind of things so yeah it's good yeah that's great so final thoughts on this one is there any kind of like other points you want to discuss 
don't think necessarily any other points. I think it's a good one. Uh, like I say, I don't think it's going to be my absolute favourite, but not because there was anything particularly wrong with it. I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable. And yeah, if you or your kid are liking other similar um, audiobooks, then definitely give this one a listen for sure. Okay, cool. So I would recommend that as well. I think it's kind of quite, a, yeah, it's an hour long. I think it's kind of quite a nice mm-hmm. bedtime-ish story, yeah, I reckon maybe. So, so um or an hour-long car journey, maybe. Yeah, yeah, an hour-long car journey yeah. as well. I think it'll be kind of like quite nice to listen to. Okay, mm-hmm. gang, so that's your lot for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you can continue to please support the podcast by leaving a rating or review wherever you've found us. If you can leave a tip in the tip jar, we're going to be launching a Patreon pretty soon. And if you want to get into contact with us, you can uh, message us over social media at audiobookishpod on pretty much everything. And you can email us at audiobookishpod at gmail.com. Let's say bye, Poppy. Bye. Bye.